Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Wednesday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast presented by Ingalls, the official supermarket of Gramlick and McLean, and made possible by Jacob Shula taking a nap at this time. Hello, Eric McLean. Big shout out to Jacob. <laughs> Jake the Snake taking a nap. Love that kid. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, I am here in Syracuse, New York. If you see this background, you're like, well, that looks like a place we haven't seen before. Uh, it's because you haven't. And uh, excited we're continuing to run down this summer tour. And ironically enough, we'll actually be at Duke next week. Um, so after, as you guys hear this, uh, a week from then I'll be at Duke. So I can't wait. I'm super excited um, and to see the Blue Devils with Syracuse today. And uh, this tour, it keeps rolling, KG. We keep going nonstop. It keeps rolling, that's for sure. And I will say my entire family was here last week visiting the baby. And we watched the full Clemson episode on ACC Network, and it was so good. You guys did a really, really good job with that. The interview with Dabo was great. I know this is a Duke episode, and, and the Duke, my whole point is to promote the Duke show that you guys will be doing next week. But make sure that you all are tuning in to these ACC and road shows because it's just the kind of coverage you can't get anywhere else except on Gramlick and McLean. Eric McLean. <laughs> That's right, KG. And actually, kind of peel back the curtain, I'm going to do a really fun – um, interview with our guest today, Graham Barton, who is on our show. I will be doing another interview with him when I'm at Duke, and, and you're going to hear probably a lot of the same stuff, but he was excellent today. We're covering Duke. Today is all about the Blue Devils, and we sat down with Graham and really just talked about a, a bunch of things, draft stock being the last one. I kind of wanted to see how he would handle that, KG, and I thought he handled it perfectly. Everybody you talk to on this Duke Blue Devil team, it's all about the team. It's all about winning. It's all about how can I – help these guys. So let's get to that interview. A quick message from our friends over at Ingalls, and then we'll hear from Graham. Did you know Ingalls only sells USDA choice and prime cuts of meat? Maybe it's time to reward yourself. Our butchers cut all our meat fresh in the store every day. Grass-fed, organic, you name it. Not only that, we'll even cut it to order just the way you like it. And we grind meat fresh in the store multiple times a day. It's all in the bag. That's the best meat in town for the best folks in town. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings. Graham, welcome to the interview, man. I do want to shed some light uh, for the people at home watching this right now. It took uh, pretty much an act of God to get this going. And uh, big shout out to Kat and company uh, for making it. And thank you, brother, for, for joining us and being here today. Yeah, no problem. Always uh, good to start the day with a little adversity. <laughs> That's <So>. right. <laughs> Make it happen any way you can. Yeah. Well, man, it's summertime, uh, and, and you know the season's about to crank up. We're literally days away from fall camp. Um, so, so did you do anything fun? Do you have any fun activities going on this summer? Um, played a lot of football. Um, yes, for sure. like that. Worked out a lot. Um, so I actually I'm a public policy major here at Duke. So. Um, we have an internship requirement, so I satisfied that this summer. I interned in uh, the senator's office in Raleigh. Come uh, on, big yeah. dog. Yeah, so got some experience there, had a good time, met some awesome people. Um, I took two classes, and so I, I was, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty busy summer. Um, had to get a lot done, but, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, through it now and getting ready to 
zone in for camp. So, Graham, that's a good transition to my question here, and it's just kind of what you love about Duke. I mean, you're talking about your major. Obviously, academics matter to you. You could have gone pro, but you wanted to stay another year. So just tell me why – that's my baby, by the way. He's under the desk. Just tell me why Duke is such a good fit for you. Yeah, I mean – don't get me wrong, the academics is awesome. You know, you can go on forever about the academics, and obviously it's a part of why I'm here. Um, you know, it's a special education, and you get to meet a lot of great people. But I think when people ask me this question, as I've gotten older, you know, and as I kind of reflect on my time, I, the biggest reason that I'm here and, you know, why I love being here is just the people that I've been surrounded w- with from day one. You know, whether it was our, our old staff and Coach Cutcliffe to now with Coach Elko and this whole staff, it's just I've, you know, been so fortunate to be meet and, you know, be coached by and, you know, play with so many awesome people and, you know, in the classroom and on campus and in the facility. It's just the the people that are drawn to Duke are elite people. And I think, and just, you know, they're awesome to get to know. And I'm so fortunate to, you know, be able to be here for this time and, and uh, have these relationships for the rest of my life. Yeah, no, no question, man. I know how special that is, and, yeah. and it's a 40-year plan, right? It's not just a, a four- or five-year plan. Uh, as we were setting up and, and trying to make this happen, I did notice that you were wearing a, a whoop there. So is your whoop as elite as the people at Duke? Is the, the recovery, <laughs> the sleep time, all that, uh, are we doing good? I'm doing pretty good right now. I'm on like a four-day green streak. <laughs> Uh, which is good, you know, so I'm doing well, you know, it's nice. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I don't check it on Saturday, like wake up, you know, because I don't want to have a red recovery and I just, I don't even throw your whole Saturday off. Yeah. I don't even check it on, on game day or anything like that, but uh, it's fun. We got like, we got like eight guys probably on the team who have one. So we've got like little, the community going and you know you're always checking and seeing who that's uh, brilliant seeing who's sleeping the most or you know the most right. who's, who's all in man who, who's cheating who's all in what whatever exactly. you know it's funny i hate like having it was like a struggle for me to wear my wedding ring like i hate having stuff on my fingers yeah my wrists i have one and i did pretty good for it and then i was like i gotta take this off i'm tired <laughs> of wearing this thing so i need to get back in the rhythm because that data i mean it's fun it's fun yeah, to see yeah. it's great and, uh, and get after it get yeah, after it I enjoy um it. Let, let's move on to the field, man, because we do have a bunch to talk with you about. It, it's funny, man. You know, I was talking to your teammates at ACC Media Day. I was listening to some radio today, and, you know, they're going through their deal of, about what they think about Duke on, on the radio. And, you know, they say these guys are going to finish 11th. And I almost wrecked my car. I almost drove off the road. And I'm just like, what are we talking about? But that's kind of a little bit of an outside narrative. And I'm just like, what do people think? I get the schedule's hard. I really do. But you guys have so many people back. The coaching staff and what they've implemented, the quarterback, my goodness. Um, so just, I guess, overall thoughts on the season, man, because that blew my mind. When I hear that, I, I promise you, I almost flew off the road. It was yeah. crazy. Well, you know, it makes me smile to, to uh, know that they're still saying that because, like, <laughs> coming right. into last year, like, you know, we didn't need motivation. It was like they're going to be you awful. That's they, right. Yeah, they're going to be right. awful. The three wins max, you know, all this, all that. And so, you know, it's good to hear that, you know, we're still supposed to suck. You know, we're still predicted to, to be bad because, like, that's what, you know, has fueled this team so well. And, and That's uh, right. And so like, I, it, it brings joy to my heart to hear that we're still, you know, the underdog because that's what this culture, you know, was built on was being the underdog. And, and so I think to have that is awesome because, you know, we, we do have a great team and we've got, you know, a lot of returning players and we've got a good core um, and you're right, and we've got a great staff. And so, you know, the 
you know, the recipe is right. And um, so it, it's good to hear we're still the underdog. I'll, I'll probably try to find some of that, maybe send it. Uh, to I'll find it for you. I'll get it to yeah, you. Some guys later. Um, but, yeah, you know, we're excited for this year. Um, like I said, we enjoy being the underdog, but we know that, you know, we've obviously improved, um, you know, since 2021. And to go through that nine-win season last year, now it's, you know, we've got to build on that now. You know, we're not we're not starting at the baseline. We've, you know, we, we put together a good year, and, and, and to, to build on that, you know, we got to make sure that the locker room doesn't, you know, find itself in complacency. And um, I think we've done a great job pushing that narrative and, and so I'm, I'm excited. You know, we got a great opportunity week time, week one. You know, Clemson's a great program. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. But, yeah, I'm just excited to see where the season takes us. Mac, I got it. You you, you keep going. He's, <laughs> I will do it. We'll I do had it. him napping, Graham. I'm so sorry. I want to sit here and listen, <laughs> so I'm just going to be locked in, but Mac's going to take the rest, okay? Thank you so much. You're good. Don't worry about it. That will be perfect. Hey, that's what you get to look forward to, man. Yeah. Down the road, down the road. <laughs> Uh, you can't put him back, um, but he's the best. Um, all right, let's stay on the on the field here. Yeah. So when when you look at this team, man, and you know, you mentioned all those players. I mean, Riley is is such a big reason to be excited, right? I mean, the the things that he was able to do last year, and even man t- to be you know in a quarterback competition, right? Like when I remember coming to Duke for our ACC road trip. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know who the guy was going to be, allegedly. Uh, and then, you know, we're seeing him practice. And I'm like, man, this guy looks – he looks different. You know, he he looks like he, he really can control this offense. And then the season happens, and he just goes nuts. So what did, I guess, you see from him last year as the season went in and he really became the guy and got more comfortable? Yeah, I mean, you just – I've been fortunate enough to be here, you know, through Riley's whole career from when he stepped foot to – you just see, you know, the, like the maturation of Riley. It's it's pretty awesome. Just the way he, you know, controls a huddle now compared to when he first got here, you know, and and just seeing him, you know, win that starting job and and grow into that role has been awesome. Um, you know, he's perfect for our team. He's a great leader. Um, he on and off the field. Um, but yeah, just to see his confidence grow on the field, I think, and I think everyone's been able to see that. But to see it firsthand was really cool. And and you know. There's no one we'd rather have, you know, out there um, catching the snap. So no, no question. And so, what one thing that was interesting, you know, I, I was talking to him again at, at ACC Media Day and just said, "What's been the biggest difference for you, you know, and and growing and and what things were you working on and in this off season to take another step?" And yeah, you know, I thought it was going to be like footwork or fundamentals and throwing, like all these different things that obviously you work on regardless. But you know, he said the biggest adjustment or, or things that he was working on was just his leadership and, and that it's his team now, uh, you know, for a full off season, you know, he's QB one, he's the guy and, you know, just really pushing it to another level. So I guess what, what growth have you seen from him, you know, being around him every day and in workouts and preseason, you know, going into this fall camp? Yeah. Well, you know, Riley's gotten a, a ton of attention um, this year and rightfully so he had a great year. Um, but the coolest part about it is he, you haven't seen him change. You know, he's, He's still the level-headed, elite worker, you know, great leader, detail-oriented, um, and that's what you want, right? You know, as you see, you know, and, and so like as he's making this climb to the top, you know, he's 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 consistent. He's got the same habits. So, so I mean, I, I would love to say that you know, oh, Riley's transformed from this, you know, nothing to you know what he is now. But Riley's been the same way behind the scenes, you know, since he stepped foot here, and it's awesome to see that you know, despite you know all the attention he's getting and, and you know how well he's playing that he's still that same uh same guy and presence in the locker room 
Yeah, that's incredible, man. I know that's what it takes, you know, to be elite and to be great. And that's great to hear that because, uh, you know, I think a lot of, you know, the stuff that we're talking about and things we think what this year is going to look like. Um, obviously, it, it starts with him and finishes with you guys up front. So how about the run game, man? I kind of want to I'm going to talk about everybody else and then hone in on you because I know it's offensive line. That's what we'd like to do anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is talk about everybody else. Oh, yeah. um, you guys could run the ball on anybody. I mean, last year it was really impressive you know, to see, is that an attitude thing for, for you personally? Uh, you know, why were you guys so effective running the football last year? Yeah, many reasons. Um, you know, running the football, it takes all 11 guys, right? Um, and and we just, we there was so much buy-in um, in the run game. Like, you can turn on the tape in any game, and you'll see the receivers, you know, blocking their butts off. Like, that was an identity that, just not just as an offensive line, but as a team, we just kind of said, "Hey, we're going to be physical," and mm-hmm. you know, a big part of that is being able to run the ball. So, yeah. so like you said, you know, the O line, we we kind of coined ourselves, you know, is, is we're going to be gritty. We're going to, you know, no, I don't care what we're running into a loaded box. Like we're going to get downhill, and we're going to open up some lanes. And and I think that the way we kind of bought into that, you know, you see the receivers start to, you know, come along. And I just think it was an identity we set early last year in August. And that just, you know, thank God we did because, you know, we stuck with it <laughs> through the season and we had a lot of success. We got a bunch of great backs back there and they're all returning. Yeah. And then not to mention, uh, you know, Riley Leonard's got pretty good legs too. Right. Um, so, you know, we, we, that's just where we found success, and I've got to mention, you know, just our, our coaching staff and Coach Johns and Coach Cushing, just the way they're able to get us into matchups, you know, that, you know, typically favor us. And just, um, yeah, I, it was total buy-in from everywhere, from, you know, the outside receiver to the offensive line to the coaching staff. Like, hey, we're going we're gonna to run the football. We're going to be physical. Yeah. And I think it's an identity we, we stuck with, you know, whether it was we were struggling that game or – having a good game, you know, it's like you've got to, you know, stick to your identity and stick to your guns. And I think we, you know, it brought us a lot of success last year. No, no, no question about it. How about just from the running back room? I mean, you had so many guys, like you mentioned, you know, I think it was three different running backs and then Riley, you know, for, for going over 400 yards, 500 yards. And, and to have a stable like that is is amazing. Do, do you think it'll be more of the same? Do you expect more of the same or, or has maybe someone separated and maybe we see more of a, you know, kind of a bell cow guy that, that becomes, you know, like a true running back one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to tell. It's early. You know, we, we haven't started yeah. camp yet. But uh, <laughs> but I, I'd imagine, you know, um, obviously I, I can't speak for the for the decisions of sure. the coaches, right. But, I mean, we've got – the truth is, like you said, we've got three great returning experience. I mean, we've got more, but three who have a substantial experience and including Riley. And, and I just don't see um, – a situation where you know there's those guys aren't all on the field um they're all great they're all talented you know they're they're all great leaders and and to have you know those three guys coming back um is is you know important to our team and important to you know if we want to have any success this this year so i think being able to play three different guys at such a physical position is is super beneficial um so i think you know no matter how the depth chart plays out um they'll we'll see them all this year and we'll see them all having a big impact. And I think that just, you know, it helps you guys mentally. Cause you know, whoever's back there, yeah. I mean, it's, there's no drop off. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the guys you know, are, are go. yeah. yeah the loving their opportunity and, and making the most of it. You know, everybody that goes uh, re- receiving court again, this team just has so many guys back, you know, everywhere you look, you, you get really excited about the depth, the talent, 
the production and, and everything that's there. So talented. And it's a great mix of, of young and old guys that, mm-hmm. you know, some are back for their, you know, fifth, sixth year. Some guys are in their second year being a wide receiver for full time. Yeah. Uh, in, in Jordan Moore. So I guess just the unit as itself. And I know, you know, we, we have our positions and, and, you know, you're not in that room every day or anything like that. But who, who's the leader of that group, you know, in, in your opinion, and, and maybe a guy that is going to continue to step up and really be the alpha for the wide receivers? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, first one obviously comes to mind is Jalen Calhoun. Just, you know, most experience in that room, been playing since he was a true freshman. Um, you know, and he's only gotten faster and stronger um, each offseason. So to see him be able to kind of improve on that trajectory is awesome. So, you know, always excited to see him come out there and, and kind of lead the way. But but I, I like you said, you know, we've got a good mix of young and old guys um, who have great experience. So I think, you know, it's a it's a collaborative effort in that wide receiver room, um, and so you know I, we trust those guys, and and you know obviously I know Riley loves those guys a lot. Uh, he does pretty well for them. So uh, you know just to just I think like I said it's a collaborative effort um, with you know Calhoun kind of being being the top dog there, just you know being there so long, and I, I know our our coaches you know uh, rely on him a lot to kind of lead that room and uh, you know get those young guys you know going the right direction 100 percent. i mean he was a guy that i remember going you know to y'all's camp i guess four years ago five whenever he was a freshman and uh you know i'm looking at him like what the heck this guy's different i mean he's so twitchy so explosive and certainly i mean the, the roster that you guys have now was night and day different from from then mm. but uh he, he just stood out i mean yeah. you just knew that that was a dude and to see him, like you said, get better and better each and every season, uh, I'm excited for this encore and, yeah. and the things that he's going to be able to do in you know, his final year here at Duke. Um, before I, I jump into you, man, I, I want to talk about your head coach and Mike Elko because, man, it, it was nuts to see the turnaround and just how quickly. Uh, you know, even even you, know, you talking about last year, people don't think we're winning three games. I mean, just, just the, you know, the mindset going in, can these guys win an ACC game? And yeah, we're going to win nine games, and we're going to look really good doing it. Uh, how was the transition with him coming in? Was it like a instant attitude change? Because, quite frankly, you guys looked like a completely different team, and that wasn't really the case. It's not like there was this mass exodus overhaul of roster. It was a lot of the same guys, yeah. but the attitude, the way you played, everything just looked different last year. Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, you know, as you see in college football every year, um, it's not often that you see a first-year head coach have the success that he did, um, especially, you know, coming off a three and nine year. But I just think from the top down, he just he made the right decisions. Um, it's starting with, like, hiring position coaches and, and strength staff. Like, he just he nailed it, you know, with, you know, Coach Feely, um, you know, coming in in January and just setting the tone, like, Hey, we're going to be stronger. We're going to be faster, and we're going to work our butts off. You know, and it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be fun. But you know, on Saturday evening, you'll be happy. You know, when <laughs> that you you put the work in and, and committed like this. And I think, you know, just that starting there, um, that kind of st- started to develop just this fresh sense of confidence. Like, hey, if you can, you know, get through these off-season programs that with such difficulty, you know, if you can get through this, like. Why can't you go out there on Saturday and, and win? And and so I think just we slowly built confidence throughout the offseason. Um, and just, you know, with, with talking about the rest of the staff and then, you know, we in spring ball, you know, just putting in, getting in the system and being able to, you know, kind of get ready for the year. And then, 
um, as we get closer, you know, just kind of, like I said, just continue to build confidence. And, and I think by the time we got to week one, you know, we, we felt like a winning football team, um, just getting the right things done in the off season. And, and Coach Elko had a plan, you know, and he executed it, you know, to perfection. You know, he, you know we, he, everything he said he wanted to do, he did. Everything he told us we were going to do, we did. And, and I just think to be able to follow a plan like that, find success doing it, builds you know just confidence in a, in a locker room and, and builds confidence for us like and trust in our staff that you know hey they, they know what they're doing and and so I think that's kind of you know how we ended up where we did last season and you know I just expect that to keep building that's right I mean it was so impressive to see just just again the, the total mind shift change and, yeah. and you could see it in the play how physical you guys were and um it's just a great thing to, to yeah. see that. Uh, all right, this is where it's going to get a little uncomfortable. And uh, I know you don't like to do this. Nobody does. But you're, you're an excellent player, man. And it's been so fun to watch you and, and watch you grow and develop from you know your your sophomore year or redshirt freshman year, whatever it is, where you had to play center, you know, in, in an emergency situation now to be in – you know, one of the, the most sought after prospects, you know, in the, the upcoming NFL draft, which I know it's hard to to, to – push that away and, and to think about that. But also at the same time, I hope you realize the opportunity that you do have um, and, and to make generational life-changing money for yourself. So, you know, kind of with that, uh, I don't know if I want to call it pressure, but that's what it is, um, you know, at the end of the day for you to perform and, you know, how much I think you can grow and rise up these boards. What is that like? I mean, are, do your parents look at it? Do your friends look at it? Are you getting texts and tweets sent to you, all kinds of different things? Or how have you been managing kind of, I guess, this expectation, external pressure about yeah. what could be? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, as things come out on social media and, and the press gets involved and, you know, your name gets out there, things change, right? You know? people read and people go on their phones and, and, and see things. Right. So, so obviously, you know, my life's a little different going into this year than it was last year. And I've got, you know, I'll, you know, I've got expectations. Um, and, but, you know, like I say, it's just the way to manage those expectations is just stay true to, you know, who I am and, and who I was before this. And, and it, that's just a hard worker, you know, I'm pay attention to details you know, and do what I have to do to, you know, find success. And, and that stuff will come and just try not to pay too much attention to, to outside noise. Cause you know, it, people like it's a cliche saying, but you know, you're never too high. You're never too low. Well, you know, you can get all the preseason hype in the world, but if I go out there and have a bad game, you know, that can change pretty That's quickly. Right. And, That's right. and the text can change pretty quickly, you know, yeah, real fast. And the <laughs> social media posts can change pretty quickly. So I think just trying to stay level headed, um, you know, not try to put expectations on myself and put, but just to play the game, how I know how to play the game, um, improve where, you know, I want to improve this year and just focus yeah. on, you know, the, the football side of it and try to kind of block out some of that outside noise. Cause you know, it, it's not loyal to you. Um, sure. <laughs> and so hundred percent. And so, it, yeah, I'd be lying if you'd like, you can't, you can't completely ignore it and you're going to hear yeah. things and stuff, right. but but just trying to, you know, my, my daily mindset, just trying to, you know, stick to stick to the process. And, and um, you know, I, I set out, you know, things I wanted to improve on and just try to, you know, stay to those things no matter yeah. who says what or, you know, and et cetera. So. That's right, man. That's awesome. If, if, I, if we were, you know, an NFL GM or, or scout or whatever, you know, why, why would they take you in the first round? Why would a team, you know, make that investment in you? What, what do you think you, you're – elite or different, you know, than anybody else in the country? 
Yeah, um, for you know, for a couple of reasons. I think you know, first and foremost, I think I play the game um, like I love the game. Um, I think you can see that I love football on film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play through the whistle. I play physical. I play nasty, and like I'm, I, I've, I leave everything out there, right? I empty the tank, and and I think that's that's clear to see. Um, if you were to watch my game, I think you know, um, you know the the big knock, you know, is the the short arm tackles, and you you kind of sure. heard that this year with some of the guys, and oh, you know, he's too short to play this and too short to play that, but um, I think I play long. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I outplay my frame, um, and I I think those, you know, and then my athleticism. I think I've got you know, the, the best feet, um, in the country. And I think I'm, Come on. <laughs> you know, I, love I, I think, I think I'm athletic and I think, you know, that'll, that'll kind of, that'll kind of show through. And, and I think that's how I, I win blocks, right. Is, is, you know, I'm, I'm quick off the ball, you know, I've got good feet. I can match these edge defenders. And I think so, coming into this year, if I, if I'm able to show that I can do that at a more consistent level than I did last year, um, I, I think the sky's the limit for myself, but, um, yeah, just like I said, just I think I'm a great athlete. Uh, I play to the whistle. I play nasty, um, and and, and I'll, I won't stray from my identity. So, you got me fired up over here, bro. I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. Uh, before I let you go, though, I, I do have to ask because you're you're a Nashville guy, you're a Tennessee guy. What what's the playlist uh, pregame, man? Is is it a bunch of country music? What's your top artist? H- hit me up with what we're looking at there. Someone asked me this the other day. I um, good, so I, you got an answer ready for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I really don't because I switch it up. You know, I I uh, like I'll listen to country. You know, before some okay. games, sometimes I'll I'll listen to classic rock before some games. There you, go. Um, you know, it just depends. I, I don't like. I, I would love to say I've got a set playlist. I listen to these <laughs> six songs, but I, I just don't. You know, I, I if I want to listen to some classic rock before the game, I'll put that on on the bus or. Sometimes it's you know hip hop or rap or it sure. just it just depends. I, I don't I don't know why I don't have there's no rhyme or reason. But you know sometimes I'm like I just want to listen to some country music and kind of that's right you know, zone out for a little bit. <laughs> so so it's it's Monday night. Uh, the Tigers are coming to town. What are you listening to? We'll have to see. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll probably you know yeah I don't know probably something pretty up upbeat and up tempo. I'll definitely you gotta be, get ready that you first week. Going. You know it, it's you haven't played football in so long and you've gone through camp and you're. You're going against the same, you know, couple defensive ends, D tackles, the whole for a month. So tired of seeing that blue man. juiced up for uh, for no week question. one. So we'll see. No question, no question. Well, man, we can't wait to see it this year. Uh, greatly appreciate you and, and your time, and excited to see you uh, see you dominate, my man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks again to Graham Barton for joining us here on the program. He was absolutely excellent. A Duke man. You can definitely tell and he's going to have a very bright future in the National Football League. Before we get to Duke, Mac, just tell me where you have Graham Barton overall in your offensive line power rankings, if you will, in the ACC and and how good can he be this year? Yeah, you know what's what's interesting, KG, is I have such a love affair with my guys, right? Like it's hard to to when you put them against each other, it's hard to stack them up. Um, I, I think right now he's probably number two, uh, but I think that he might be able to climb a little bit higher uh, than my guy Christian Mahogany over at BC, just because he's a tackle uh, and, and has played you know all three positions. I don't think Christian can slide out to tackle. I think he can play any on the interior, uh, but Graham has has played center in a game. Right, like his true freshman year, he had to snap the ball and, and did it for a handful of games. He's a surefire 
uh, left tackle that I think, you know, really, if you heard what he said, if he just kind of works on the strength, and I'm sure he did that all offseason, getting bigger, stronger there, I think he can jump into the teens and, and be a guy that really, again, just jumps off the page of people. We're talking first round people. Oh, yeah, for sure, first round, um, you know, barring injury. I think he's he's a lock. Uh, people are going to see the footwork, how silky smooth he is. That game one, you know, against Clemson mm-hmm. Monday night is going to be huge. I mean, he, he is going to be going against an NFL caliber defense. How does he handle stunts? How does he handle the personnel? That pretty much will be the only tape you need to watch to lock it in if, if he's going to be in kind of the teams or not. That's a great point. And I think a lot of NFL scouts will be tuned into that tape. Now, let's talk about these Duke Blue Devils because we talk that obviously they're opening with Clemson, which is a huge deal. Labor Day night, the only game on. So Duke can, first of all, if they win that game, it would be massive. Um, but even just playing well in that game, keeping it close would be huge for their reputation. I think could vault them at some point into the top 25 if they continue to win beyond that game. But you mentioned the Clemson game. Mac, this schedule is pretty tough. We'll get to that. It's not just Clemson for this team. They've got some games on this schedule. They were picked to finish tied for sixth in the preseason poll. And let's just start with this offense. We did see Eli Pancol is, is hurt, which is unfortunate. He's going to miss some significant time. But this wide receiver room is loaded, and Riley Leonard is back. He is the real deal, Mac. What kind of step can Riley Leonard take this year? Yeah, that, that's what I'm excited to see, KG. I mean, all those things that you just mentioned about schedule and, and you know, six isn't terrible. Uh, you probably think that they would be picked a little bit higher, especially who's in front of them. Um, but I, I think six is fine, you know, to, to for a baseline. Uh, but but this offense, I, I have big expectations for. I mean, you, you look led by Riley, a guy who just exploded onto the scene last year, running the football, passing the football. I mean, he had 3,000 yards passing. Uh, 20 TDs, 700 yards rushing, and 13 TDs running it. I mean, that's just mm. Mr. Dual. Forget isn't about even his rushing like, ability. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's freaky. And he had a couple of 50, 60 yard runs in there, too. It's not just like ground and pound. This right. guy is an absolute weapon. Um, so, so you expect to see a jump, right? You expect to see more of an understanding of the offense. And, and funny enough, you know, I got to kind of talk to Riley off camera. I won't say off the record, but off camera. Um, and just ask him, you know, what, what was your biggest growth this this offseason? What was the biggest change for you? And he said, honestly, it, it, I was expecting him to say something on the field, footwork, mechanics, mm-hmm. something of that nature. And he said, honestly, just the leadership role that I was in. Because if you remember going into last season, there was a quarterback competition. It, it, they were battling out. They didn't know who the guy was. And even if that might not quite be true uh, from a coaching perspective, it's 100% true from his perspective. He was not QB1. He was not the guy, uh, you know, lead, leading his troops, and he was splitting time. Uh, and, and so it, it's an awkward spot when you're in that situation. Well, now the world knows, right? Like it's his team and his understanding and his, you know, really trained to go as fast as they wanted to go. And so that's why I think from that aspect, KG, um, you're going to see growth there. You know, the offensive line is nasty. I have them, you know, yeah. number two in my top five. I think that they're going to be – just bully ball, running the football. You see Waters is kind of, you know, the feature guy, but they have a stable of backs. And, and the way that they were able to run it last year, my goodness, I mean, they had one, two, three, four, five rushers that were over 450 yards, one of those including Riley Leonard that we discussed. But can they replicate that? I mean, can they continue to ground and pound the football and then pass it complimentary to Jalen Calhoun uh, and, and, of course, Jordan Moore and others that will step up? So, I can't wait to see it. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be a really fun to watch it all come together. And we will be there. 
Game one, Monday night. I cannot wait to be there in person. <laughs> that game, I mean, got to be one of the most hyped Duke football games in a while. Going back to me when they win the division or that kind of thing. I'm thinking maybe that Texas A&M bowl game, perhaps. Sure. Um, but this is going to be huge. Here's my question for you, Mac, about this offense. Because Riley Leonard has proven these wide receivers are great. I think yeah. you may even could have multiple 1,000-yard wide receivers. You mentioned that. Is it okay if Riley Leonard is this team's leading rusher again? Is it okay? Yes. You know, I think he's that good. You know, I think he's one is of those guys. Is it ideal? For me, no. There you go. I like that. That's what I was going to counter with. It's not ideal. I, I want him throwing it more. And I know it's a part of his game, and I know it's, you know, taking what the defenses give him. But I just have to think, KG, that this year – Defenses know that, right? Like they're not, they're going to play him differently because they know that he can run the football so well. So he's going to have more spy. He's going to have more coverage that doesn't quite allow him to just take off and run. And, and so with that, how much better is the passing game? You know, how much has he grown in that finding his windows and maybe being a little bit more patient? Cause it, it's, it's hard, right? It's easy to just take off and run and be an athlete. It's hard to sit in there, be patient and make a really sound decision. So I, we're going to need to see growth from him in that aspect, just the, the natural, you know, kind of journey of it. Uh, but then, you know, just executing it and, and not maybe when it's design run calls, how can he extend plays if coverage is, is not what he really wants to see guys get open. So ideally, no, I hope he's throwing the ball. Let's give it to those backs. Let's not take a bunch of hits. Uh, let, let's protect ourselves and, and only run when needed. How about that? Yes, I agree. Now, I think Riley Leonard is, is that kind of um, fiery competitor where sometimes he's going to have to be coached to not go try yeah. to get that extra yard or two because he has to stay healthy. That is number one for Duke. Let's talk about the other side of the ball, Mac. They held teams to 22 points per game last year. They lose a guy like Shaka Hayward, but they bring back a guy like Dwayne Carter. They bring back a lot defensively. And so I think this defense still is going to be very, very good. Top five in scoring defense last year in the ACC. Here's my question, Matt. Last year, Duke was plus 16 in the turnover margin. That was very, very, very good. Number one in the ACC. That is something that is hard to replicate year in and year out. So, and, and to do that, you have to be complimentary. Your offense has to take care of the ball. Your defense has to force turnovers. That worries me a tad if they're going to be able to do that again. But I still think this defense is going to be very salty. And, and you know, that's been the biggest, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, thing that people throw out there because I think Duke is going to be really good. And, and you know, is are they going to win nine games again? That's tough. I mean, when you look at the, the margin of victory, right? I mean, they, they were 14, 16 points away from being undefeated, right? And playing Georgia in the natty. Maybe not quite, but that's how close they were. <laughs> but they also had a, close, a lot of close wins as well. And, and, Exactly for the yeah. reason that you just mentioned, the turnover margin was just nuts, and they were able to get their hands on the football. I know the, the schedule was more favorable last year than it probably is this year. So there was kind of this perfect storm of, we don't know what we have. Oh, my gosh, we're really good. Oh, by the way, we're getting the football a lot. So how can you recreate that defensively? How can you continue to, to grow and be salty in that regard? And I think that it's year two of a system. Like, guys are going to be smarter. Mm -hmm. Guys are to be playing better and understanding where they're supposed to be. You lost a couple of great players, as you mentioned, in Hayward and, and Joyner at the safety position, but you've got guys back and you got in some transfers that you feel good about. I, I just think that the offense is going to be so complimentary. It's going to be a little bit different from last year where the offense helps the defense, right? Like they've taken pressure off. They're able to move the football. 
And now can we get, you know, three fourths of the turnovers that we created last year? And we're still in a really good spot. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Now, you're right with so many close games last year, but I think that helps Duke in a sense that last year, in many ways, this group learned to win. Yeah. I mean, that that is a skill. That is something that you have to develop. And from a team that, you know, could barely win an ACC game to learning to win, you can carry that over with even more confidence and the knowledge that you have in year two. 100%. And I think that, you know, just the battles that they faced and, and the adversity that they had to go through, and even in the losses. I mean, you look at that North Carolina game. My goodness. I mean, that that should have been a dub. I mean, they, they won it. They had that walk-off yeah. touchdown. Yeah. That was called back because of a phantom-ish, uh, I think it was high-low call, something crazy. Um, yeah, it was ridiculous. And, and so a touchdown taken off the board, and then I believe they missed or got a blocked field goal uh, that either would have tied it or I think tied it. But So they won that game. And, and then you look at Pittsburgh, I believe that came down to, to the last play. And then Georgia Tech, my gosh, you're in a situation that's like 20-0, to zero, you're fighting for your life, <laughs> uh, come all the way back and then lose in overtime. So they had a lot of lessons last year as a team on on how to win, how to battle in games. And, you know, the, the games they came up a little short in, I fully expect them to, to have learned from that and, and really make a big push here. The good thing is we're going to find out very early who this Duke team is. True. Yeah, right off the bat. Okay, let's talk about that schedule. The Vegas win total has them at six and a half. And I'm just, I'm just going to read this schedule because, man, you open with Clemson, Lafayette at home, Northwestern at home should – I, I think Northwestern's in a little bit of shambles right now, as we as we know. At UConn, okay, all right, all right. Then Notre Dame at home, NC State at home, at Florida State, that's a heck of a stretch, at Louisville, Wake at home, at North Carolina, at Virginia, Pitt at home. I see six, to me, guaranteed wins. Uh, Lafayette, Northwestern, UConn, Wake, Virginia, and I think they get probably NC State or Pitt at home. I'll give them one of those. So I see six there. And that's why Vegas puts it at six and a half because it's hard, Mac. So tell me your thoughts on this schedule because it is pretty difficult. It, it definitely is a difficult schedule. But but I think you have to give credit to those guys. And, and this isn't last yeah. year's Duke team. Yeah. This is should be a better Duke team. And, and so with that, I just – I think you go over there. I really do. I think they're going to have some gritty wins. I think that they have the the most important piece of football, a very good quarterback who is elite, um, yeah. you know, with his yeah. decision-making, his play, uh, leadership capabilities, who we assume has taken a step. Um, wide receivers are stacked, running back stacked, really good offensive line. I, I just have trouble looking at the schedule and, and thinking that they don't get six somehow, some way. Um, and, and so I have them at eight and a half. I have it way higher. Uh, and again, maybe that's just the confidence meter. KG, KG loves to remind me that the, te- the ACC teams do play each other and someone has to win and lose. Yes. I keep having eight and a half plus win totals over here. I don't, it's crazy math. Um, but I think they do it. I, I mean, I really do. I think that there's going to be some trials on this list, but I think they get it done. I, I feel great about the Blue Devils. Neither of us majored in math. I think that's very obvious. Um, you know, when you look at the number being six and a half, I'm going to take the over because I believe in this program. I believe in Riley Leonard and I believe in Mike Elko. We haven't really talked about Mike Elko as much, but what he has done to turn this thing around so quickly and really building through the defense as well. It's not just, okay, we're going to go out there and outscore people. They, that's not really it. The defense is very, very solid. So like I said, I think I see six wins and then can they get an at UNC? Or can they get the at Louisville? You know, those are going to be 
the ones that that this schedule and this win total hinges upon. With this tough schedule, if they can go seven and five, win their bowl game, eight wins, I think that would be another excellent year for Duke. And then can they go beyond that? I mean, can they really ruffle some feathers, Mac? Because that's you can look at the schedule as difficult, or as I'm sure they're doing in the Duke locker room, you can look at the schedule as full of opportunities to play yourself into a really, really good bowl game, to play yourself into the ACC championship discussion, perhaps. Yeah, and I think it's uh, – you know, it's interesting to look at all those reasons again, but I, I just, I don't know. I feel good about them. I, again, I'll see them in person in I about a week, so I'm better or worse, and I'll update you accordingly uh, on that. Maybe we make a quick addendum to the podcast. <laughs> uh, but I, I just think, there, like you said, there's a lot of opportunity there. The league is now in a position where it's the two best teams, and guess what? You play the two that are favorited. You play the two that you know everyone is picking to play in Charlotte and FSU and, and Clemson. So you control your own destiny. That's what you love. When you have a team like you know Louisville who does not play them, you got to hope that other people beat them. You got to hope that, that they lose. You can take it all on right now and do that yourself. So that's why Duke has, has kind of been my dark horse that I think if someone's going to ruin the party, it could be them. Um, and, and I just – I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. One last thing from me. What's crazy about this, Mac, is if the division still existed – I would have Duke penciled into the ACC title game almost no problem. Easily, right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's, it would be between Duke and North Carolina, obviously. All timing. It's unbelievable. But I, I think yeah. you're uh, – I think people would be tough to, to look past uh, Drake May, who obviously people voted as sure. the preseason player of the year. But you'd have And the game's in Chapel Hill. Yeah, you'd have a great argument. You really would. Um, it, yeah. Anyway, gosh, this is a fun episode. I've got a lot of aspirations for Duke. We're going to have some fun episodes with Duke coming down the line. Uh, that Monday, Again, the, the game falls on Monday night. We're going to have a preview episode of just Clemson and Duke uh, yeah. for, for that game just because of the way that it falls on the schedule. Hopefully have some cool guests on either side of that matchup. Um, but this was fun, KG. Yeah, always good talking about the Blue Devils, a team that I have high expectations for. But that's it from us, guys. Uh, big shout-out to our friends over at Ingles for all their support things that they are able to do for us. And we need your help. We need you to come over here and watch this party. You go over to YouTube, subscribe, leave some comments. We have a big time over here. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts. Rate review there as well. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, but that's it from us. Until next time, we'll see y'all.